What's good, family? Thank you for stepping into the Coach's Box. I'm your host, Coach JP3, joined today by Coach Murph. And it's playoff time, and things are getting very interesting out there. You got upsets going on. You got coaches getting fired. You got legacies on the line. All that wrapped into the beauty of the NBA playoffs. And, of course, we're going to wrap up the show, letting you know how to spend your money this weekend. So we're going to take it matchup by matchup and just talk about our takeaways from each series. And I definitely let Coach Murph go first to talk about Jimmy Buckets, Hemi Butler, wherever, whatever we want to call him, the Heat and Knicks. Playoff Jimmy. Come on, man. Jimmy, you know what I'm saying? There's a lot of nicknames out there. Heat and Knicks tie 1-1. What are you thinking about this series, Coach Murph? Heat up 3-1. They're gonna win both. They're gonna win both games at home. Okay. Uh, one. What was telling about game two is that how uh, close that he was able to play the Knicks without Jimmy Butler, because you know the big question marks for the Heat was like, oh well, is Gabe Vincent gonna you know stay playing at the level he played like in the Buck series? Is Kevin Love going to be able to, you know, have some type of flashes of his past uh, to be an asset? The same for Kyle Lowry and, and Max Struess and them. And they held their own. Uh, they held their own. Honestly, I, that was a winnable game. I felt like the refs played into the hand a little bit too much. Like that that three-point shot for the that nipped the rim. Definitely, and they got the two. That was egregious. Yeah, and that that coming off the screen three by Kyle Lowry with the no call, that was a, that was a foul. Sure. But I feel as though that you know, home home court, and they gave them that because they know you know people love the Knicks being in the playoffs. Right. You know that they just wanted to, and this is a going to be one of the better series in this round, I believe. Um and there's like man we we can't let them go up to road because you know you know that the Heat is going to at least take one at home mm-hmm. so we don't want to threat them you know getting sweat so you know whatever it is what it is Jimmy's about to come back he you know wave the wave the Knicks fans by like you know we'll see y'all and he's about to rain terror. Because people also got to understand, outside of him rolling his ankle, that the series that he had against the Bucks, and then now you let him get like six days off mm-hmm. after that. Like, yes, it was to you know his ankle, but he said that the, the roll wasn't as bad as what it looked. So he probably could have played, but they just was like extra precautious and like let's just let our guys go. Yeah. And one thing that I'm shocked about is even though that Jimmy set out that the that they still cleared Brunson and Randall to play. Because if I'm the Knicks, I'm like, well, Randall, you might as well just sit out another week because I believe Brunson could take us home by himself, you know, with RJ and them to be a, you know, a Jimmy Butlerless Heat team. But now I see why they did it because they probably would have lost. Yeah, I was thinking, like, hindsight, like, yeah, they probably would have took an L. And so I'm thinking if they were 
because they dropped game one, they're like, hey, we have to make sure that we win game two. Like, yeah. So, I think it's that respect factor from Tibbs of, you know, Jim, his time with Jimmy Butler, you know, like, and just what they did in the first series, it's like, this, this is a team that's not going to go away. Um, and then Tibbs, you know, I'm, I'm sure he has a lot of respect for Spo. Um, so he was just like, we, we have to take this second game by any means necessary. And it took the rest for them to get the dub. But it is what it is. Yeah. No, we win in game three and four. This is a good series that I, I – uh, it just makes me think about growing up, watching basketball in the 90s, the Heat Knicks going at it, Jeff Van Gundy grabbing on, you know, people's legs and stuff like that, trying to stop people from fighting and all that kind of stuff. So – you know, they they hated each other uh, in that era. And so the fact that both teams are playing well, playing hard, um, it, it's, it's pretty dope to see that. And I, I'm i looking forward to it. I'm glad Jimmy's going to be back. I'm glad Randall and Brunson are playing because I want to see people. I know Hero's still going to be out and everything, but in Ola Depot. But, you know, the star stars are at least going to be at full strength. So. And then you got Aaron Rodgers who's going uh, popping up at every New York sports game. Now yeah. he wanna let us know that he's there. Like we get it, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> we all Nah, but yeah, that's this is gonna be dope. I think one of the things is that I'm concerned about for the Knicks um is their their ball movement when Randall's on the floor. I think it actually the ball moves more fluidly when he's not on the floor. Um, so I think if the Knicks are going to be continuously be competitive throughout this series, they got to make sure that um, their ball movement is good and that Randall's taking smart shots. Because uh, sometimes he'll settle, I feel. And it's like, well, if you're going to take it, like get the best shot that you can. And sometimes, yeah. he, sometimes he doesn't. Yeah, like with, with their lineup it, with with and without Randall, it's, it really comes down to this. It's it's ball movement versus rebounding mm-hmm. because they killed on the rebound battle when Randall was, you know, in the lineup. And that, that gives them their best chance to for second chance points. But then also it's just like, you know, but without you, we also get a nice flow. And, you know, it's a lot easier to make multiple people a threat on the court versus, you know, you stopping the ball, trying to make a play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and I know it's kind of tough for him because I don't know if he sees it that way, but I'm pretty sure everybody else in that organization sees it as you're not our guy anymore. Brunson is. You're playing off of Brunson. So just that transition of, like, I'm not the guy, but that's only – if he sees it that way, if he doesn't and thinks he's still the guy or it's 1A, 1B, then that's why it's going to look like that. But once he realized, like, no, I'm just number two, I think the flow would be better. But Yeah. Yeah, man. It's the, – the Knicks, uh, the, you are right about the rebounding thing. They're, that's been a strength of theirs all season because there's times where – Bam looks a little overwhelmed out there. Like, he can't even get to the ball. You got Mitchell Robinson and, and Hartenstein. Then when Randall's on the floor, it's like you got three big bodies that you're trying to battle against to get the boards. Uh, and when it's him and Kevin Love trying to go and <laughs> get boards. So there's a mismatch down there on the block uh, when it comes to rebounding. 
That's why I need a seven footer, bro. I've been screaming it for years. Yeah, and I think Bam, like Bam, shows like, like scenes, like sights of like, oh, okay, like all right, cool, because he hit, he hit, uh, one of them would have moved the last game, and he came through and, and did a spin move, and then floated it right in, like right over the other defender. I was like, that's what I want to see. I I want yeah. that level of aggression, that footwork, everything like that, because he he shows signs of it. Uh, but I sometimes he just fails to put it together, like within a series, especially. Yeah, you you get paid too much to be mediocre. Bam, come on, bro. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. But I I I, I that's one of the series that I'm I'm loving, I, and I was really looking forward to before it started. So hasn't disappointed yet. Next, another one of the old school series I grew up watching a little bit, a little bit grew up watching this is the Sixers and Celtics. Um, so right now they're one one. By the time y'all y'all hear this, someone will be up two one. Um, but what are your thoughts on this series? Oh, well, first of all, I just want to say, finally, MB got an MVP. Finally, I was so happy for him. Um when they announced it on TNT and then to see his uh, like acceptance speech and he had his son out there and his, his parents came uh, from Cameroon mm-hmm. and everything. Luke Boom, Boom by Mute um, brought him, like it was the one that discovered him and brought him over here. I didn't know that. Um, so I thought that was dope. So it, it was just dope having his family out there, his fiance and stuff and him getting really emotional about it. You could tell it meant a lot to him. Yeah, I mean when you, I mean when he's when you finish up runner up for the past two years, it's like, am I ever gonna break through? Yeah. But I mean, you know, congrats to him when his his MVP. But that's the exact reason why he should have sat out for game two. So when MVP and you hit the next time we see you on the court, we get that. Nah, dog. So so. Nah. Some people looked at it like it wasn't a good look for him. And others, I was listening to some folks today, they were like, well, he he was going to be rusty. So you might as well take a game to get the rest off. So by the time he comes home, he'll be he'll be in the rhythm. You do that when you lose game one, not when you win. <laughs> not when you win game one and Harden looks like how he like he was in Houston again. Like now, nah, hey, let's let's write this ship till the wheels fall off. It, it's a you know what a sprain or partially torn ligament. Like and it's like now, nah, just go ahead and rest up, and let's see what Hardy can do. Like you got game one that you did your job. You took a game off on the road. Don't one you risk injury. Two you was a liability. Three this turned Harden into a, li- a liability because now I was just like, well, I can't really go in my flow. I'm, I'm going back to being a facilitator mm-hmm. um, and being very selective with his shots instead of being aggressive like he was in game one. And what happens? Y'all get spanked. Blown out the gym. Ran out the gym. And Jason Tatum didn't even really do anything. It was everybody. Was yeah, because Jalen Brown had to carry him again. <laughs> come on, bro. They got to stop with this Tatum stuff, bro. <laughs> so, so let's talk about that. Go ahead, tell tell us your thoughts on um are you are you like more like okay, Tatum's overrated and Jalen Good is Jalen Brown is better than him or just as good as him? I think Jalen Brown is just as good as him, but it's just that of course you're gonna have a predominant ball handler and they give that to Tatum, but I feel as though if you put the ball in Jalen's hands just as much as 
Tatum, you'll get the same results, if not better. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you even saw in the game they lost. That boy was cooking. He was. And then they didn't find him the ball in the second half. Mm-hmm. Well, really, the, the next three quarters, because he was hooping in the first quarter, and y'all just, like, not get really give him the ball after that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I that's why I want Tatum or not Tatum, but I want Jalen Brown to leave in the offseason and go somewhere else where he can be the guy or be with somebody that is not they like he could you know he can play off ball or on ball. Um but be with somebody that's not as demanding with the ball like Tatum is or I don't even know if that's just a Tatum thing, but if it's more so of like the coaches just catering to him more. Maybe so. Um, but he doesn't need to be surrounded with something like that. He need to go send him, go go to Houston. They got a lot of money and a lot of young guys. <laughs> go there. No, no. We'll find the find a way to pair up with, with Dame and you know, the Trailblazers and a sign and trade or something. I don't know. But like Tatum I definitely watch that. Dame and Jalen Brown, I definitely watch that. Yeah, because, you know, he got him somebody that has size that can score and defend and not just a bunch of, like, scores on his team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Jalen Brown's my favorite player on the team. Like, and... Same. But, or you know, go George, Jimmy Butler, man. That'll be a, a hell of a – you know, Jimmy's going to let you do whatever you want. He's like, oh, you want to score? Bet. I can average 17 now. Yeah, exactly. 17 and, like, 10 assists. Let me just go ahead. Nah, for real. <laughs> yeah, I – so you got you got Boston in the series? Yeah, I got Boston in the series. I picked them before and, you know, even more so now. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if it's a gentleman's sweep at this point. Mm, that's a bad look if MB can't get one while he's playing. That's well, you know they they're going to just play into the injury thing, which I like. I'll give you that, but you know it 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 is going to have a look. Because like I I don't I I think if Boston does win, it'll be in six. Because I think Embiid is going to give a one one victory. Um. Kind of like he did in the regular season, right? They they beat up on Philly throughout the season, except for that one game. Uh, NBA driver was a fifty something, so like I think I think he'll do that again in this series. But yeah, I got Boston four four games to two when this is said and done. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll see we'll see. And if 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 Boston finds a way to lose this, I think your uh, Jalen Brown on the move could happen even faster. But he 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 yeah he he's gonna be out of there regardless because right the way he's playing, like somebody else is gonna want to give him that bag too. Mm-hmm. Like of course it's Celtics can offer him the most money, but he might be like yeah, but I'm trying to show people my potential. I'm not trying to be no, you know, sidekick to Tatum, somebody that's out here masquerading like he's good. <laughs> Because sometimes he's like, like Tatum will go for 40. I see him go for 50. I'm like, yo, okay, there we go. And then, like, there's times where I'm like, bro, like, what are you doing? (laughs) Bro, Tatum is 
just like a uh, he's like a Justin Herbert to me. I don't know where all this love is coming from. Mm. Mm. That's not a that's not a horrible comparison. I I can see I can see why you think that way. I I can definitely see that. Uh, yeah, he hasn't technically won anything. I mean, he's made it at least to the finals. Justin Herbert hasn't even made it close, but um, still doesn't have really any hardware outside of what an all-star MVP I think he got. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. It'll see. Yeah, and everybody know, everybody know that finals that he wasn't supposed to be there. Man. They know Jimmy's shot was supposed to fall, man. Why did you do him like that? Kawhi <laughs> can hit the shot. Kawhi can hit the shot on him, but when he try to hit the shot, they just play him. They the basketball play. guys be hating. Hey. <laughs> Uh, the next series, all right, so you got Nuggets and Suns, Chris Paul out, game three, uh, and possibly game four. With the, with, well, uh, with get the your brooms out. Get your uh, brooms out. That's what I was about to say. Is it time to clean? Get your brooms out. Okay. That's all right. I, I mentioned this, you know, in the group shot, you know, you're – you took out your facilitator. Now you're going to force Booker to be the facilitator, which is going to take away from his scoring. Nobody has stepped up in, in scoring really outside of Durant and Booker. So, like, now you just want to force someone on there, like, hey, we're going to need, like, a few more. You can't trust Aiden. That boy been getting hooked. Souffle, Bombay, whatever. Like, it. It's terrible. And, like, my thing about the Nuggets, what I'm curious about is because they're looking really good right now, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, I, I picked the Lakers to make it to the finals. I favored them to make it to the finals, um, regardless of who they played. I like their matchups. Mm-hmm. Um, but watching them play the Suns and, you know, the, the Timberwolves, I'm like, okay, yeah, they're looking pretty good, but I wonder if it's, is it the Nuggets being good or are they just in favorable matchups? Because you play a, a team like, you know, Minnesota that really doesn't have an identity and you see that they're trying to have this changing of a guard of trying to make Anthony Edwards the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Rudy Gobert, it, you know, Trade is not working. Um, you saw that all season. They barely made the playoffs. And then you follow that up with facing an older, injury-prone uh, team with a lack of depth and a lottery pick player that doesn't want to play like a lottery pick. That's why you should have traded on. And, and you should have just did a sign-and-trade with, you know, Indy, in the off season, because he was about to try to sign there anyways, and try to get like Miles Turner and Buddy Hield and something else. I don't know, or like a second or first, whatever. Yeah, a protected first. Like you, you were better off doing that because I feel like having that. I mean, Miles Turner is also hit or miss, but he can stretch the floor as well, mm-hmm. and Buddy Hield can too. And if you got people that can stretch the floor, I mean that opens so much like at the basket and in the middle for a team that loves to take mid-range shots. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, 
And and we call, I mean, you know, me and Coach Pace called it. We're just like, you know, one of their big three is going to get injured. They, they just have that history. And then, boom, it's Chris Paul. No shocker. Man. I, and then maybe with this extra workload for Booker, his hamstring might go out like it does every year. So I, I hope not. When I saw that Chris Paul play, I was watching the game, and I saw it was a non-contact injury. I was like, ah, oh, man. I was like, here we go again. But – you know, people were saying in the series beforehand they were playing so many minutes. The Suns were that would that eventually catch up with them. I mean, I, and at least for Chris Paul's case, it seems like he could have used some rest in that last series because they would have won. Right. They beat the Clippers without him anyway. Yeah, they can't. They can't. Any team with depth, they're not going to be able to compete in a seventh game series with. Because just seeing how they played against the Clippers. There's no doubt in my mind, even with just Kawhi, they would have lost. Mm-hmm. It probably would have went seven with six. It probably went seven with Kawhi. If it was Kawhi and PG, it probably would have went five or six. Yeah. I mean, and, and Monty Williams got used as players too. Like, they're just people just, they just literally sitting on the bench. Like, you don't trust them. They suck. I, I don't even know what number they wear anymore because, like, they, they ain't even on the. I'm like, yo, like, Either you're going to burn your starters out, like, and and lose, or you're going to put some people out there. Hopefully, they get they can make some plays, give your starters some rest, and they can come in and close the game out. All you got, all you need them to, all you need your bench players to do is keep the game close. That's all. That's all you needed them to do. And I'm like, if, why are you on an NBA roster? Like, if, if you're not. Why are you having them on an NBA roster if you don't trust them to keep a game close at least at the very least? So I don't know. You know my you know Monty is stubborn. And so like, when he was in the finals. I know. And he blows it like so many, like in, in these in these big situations sometimes. And he's such a good coach outside of those things. But it's just like every year he does something. And I'm like, bro, like, come on. And what I'm I'm a little nervous about is, well. I'm not going to put all a bunch of pressure on KD, but you need to at least get one. You can't get swept two years in a row, bro. Like, you can't. You cannot. All right? I know it's a team sport, but I consider you, what, top two best player in the league. So you need to get one in a series, especially because you got D-Book as your riot mate. Like, give me one game. Hey, what was that with people saying that that's his best teammate? Have you? I've been hearing that. Where, where is this coming no, from? No, I didn't. No, I I said as his riding teammate. Like like that's the best. No, player, best player on his team. No, not not you. But I for his, I don't know if it's just me, but I've been hearing like you know on sports, um, you know sports shows and stuff that Booker is his best running mate. Uh, I mean, and I'm over here like Curry is still. Living. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I'm over here like, how is he his best running mate? Maybe if they're they're looking at it as you know being a number two because with Steph, you would I mean you could technically I mean it was still Steph's team, so maybe it's just like it he technically he was Steph's running mate or it's just one A one B. Right. But I don't know. It, I just started hearing that. I'm like, bro, what is that with all these light skins getting all this love? Well, Steph Curry light skin too. So I mean, we he out lost here. game one. We out here. Uh, yeah. So, um, 
now nah, like I think yeah I mean Steph is definitely right I mean if, if the way you put it if it's technically if if Steph is 1A and KD was 1B then sure Devin Booker is is his best teammate that he's had uh like 1A but no nah, I I think I think Steph by like it's not it's not even close in my opinion now I know Booker can go off I mean he scored over 70 points in, he scored 70 points in a basketball game and he he's been getting buckets like he's been the most consistent player um but KD has to step up and I know I bring this up all the time but the Lakers the Shaq and Kobe Lakers in 2001 were 15 and 1 in the playoffs 15 and 1 <laughs> they they swept everyone except for this and I'm being generous 6 foot brother by the name of Allen Iverson who got him one game. And he bought out in other games, but he got him one. He got him one victory. If he could do that against Shaq and Kobe, coached by Phil Jackson, and all those role players who are championship caliber players, KD can get one against the Nuggets, who haven't proven anything in the postseason. All right, so that's, that's the way I look at it. You should at least be able to give me one game. And so I th- it, this this series is hard for me to decipher what's actually going on because to your point, I don't know if the Suns are just the inferior team um, or they're not playing up to their abilities. I'll put it that way. They're not playing up to their abilities or the Nuggets actually turning the corner. I don't know which one it is. Listen, man. I, we're going to see in the next round because the Suns ain't winning this. So the fact that, you know, the Nuggets will play either the Lakers or the Warriors, th- those are the only two teams at this point that I know, or the only two teams that I know that can really expose them. Mm-hmm. Um, if they, if it's just like, okay, now this is our year, or it's like, oh, now y'all just capitalize on facing undermanned or bad teams to yeah. get to this point. Because they had the le- – I mean, you know, you had the Lakers against Memphis, and with all the, the issues uh, in Memphis, that Memphis was still a respectable team. You got – I mean, Sacramento took, you know, the Warriors to game seven. And then, I mean, you, the Suns-Clippers series. I mean, we knew the inevitable was there yeah. too, but – but I mean, the Clippers is better than the the Timberwolves. Yes. So it's like they they they're probably the only team. If I yeah, because he yeah, they're probably the only team that that the Nuggets are probably the only team that really hasn't played anybody. They probably played well. One, they played like the worst team in the in the playoffs in the Timberwolves. Mm-hmm. And then out of everybody left in the second round, I wouldn't say that the Suns are the worst team, but they're the the smallest in terms of depth. Yes, for sure, for sure. Hey, you brought up you brought up Memphis. So, what you think about Dylan Brooks? Hey, let go. Sensational. <laughs> Sensational. You can't do all that crap. To, listen, I think this is what it is. I you can talk trash 
that wasn't the issue. Everybody talks trash on Memphis. And yeah, you spearhead that, but whatever. Uh, but you're not Jai. You can't get away everything he gets away with. And also, you can't be ducking the smoke. Yeah. You can't be you can't be talking trash and then ducking the smoke, ducking reporters, and then over here trying to act like you're the victim and like, oh, this is just what people are trying to portray me as the villain. I don't, you know. I'm like, bro, you're the one out here calling people old. Over <laughs> here trying to, over here, you know, being disrespectful for Shannon Sharp. Mm-hmm. Like, you're the one that's doing all these antics, but you want to go place the blame on somebody else. Like, yeah. do I like the way the Memphis team handled it? Like, nah, that was kind of corny. That was kind of corny. Like, by, like, by any means, he's not going to be on this team. Like. We get it. You could have just let him go. We understand. You didn't have to, like, double down. Like, yeah, that was y'all a- are that much of a respectable franchise. Like, you didn't just have a guy toting a gun and come back and play in a game. Exactly. Like, let's <laughs> like so. Don't act like y'all some like y'all the Spurs or something. Yeah. So you brought that up that he's not job. Now I don't know if you heard Stephen Jackson's take on this situation. Um, but he was on social media, uh, kind of kind of defending Dylan Brooks in the sense that it wasn't his fault. It wasn't the majority of it wasn't his fault that they lost to the Lakers like that. That he was like, we're not going to talk about it. they haven't been the same team since Ja started making all these mistakes. And then you got injuries on top of that. And so, yeah, he didn't play, but like teams always have those type of players that talk stuff and everything like that. But the timing of when it happened, the team went downhill after Ja went through his stuff. And they really haven't recovered that. So he was looking at it like, but they're not going to say that because it's Ja Morant. Uh, So Dylan Brooks paid more than the price he deserved for his antics. What do you think about that? Bro, no, <laughs> no, no, like, I don't care about the time. It's just like what you're doing is corny. That That's the end of it, bro. Like, that's just the end of it. You can't just go out here talking trash and then and then act like nothing happened. Yeah, like, well, you can't you can't go smack somebody in the face. And then just be like, expect nothing to happen back to you. Yeah. I He handled the media very poorly. And I'm like, bro, like all the attention you're getting, you brought on yourself. Like, because yeah, I, I know exactly what it was about because it was contract time, contract year. Let me go ahead and get this buzz going. But then you, it started to show that your antics started out sh- shining your play. Because your play was trash. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then now you're over here saying dumb stuff like y'all trying to portray me as a villain or, oh, I want to be, you know, you know, feature more than the offense. Well, and with what offensive game? <laughs> 10 points per game. Average. Like, come on, bro. Like, yeah. well, I think he averages 14, but like, oh, with dumb percentages, stop it. Yeah, I think he was like what fourteen and 
Was it 14 in the regular season and 10 in that series? He averaged 10 in 14 and 14 trash at home. 14. Unemployed. Like, come on, bro. We're going to move on to our last series. So we got, we both got Nuggets winning that series. Uh, I do think the Suns will get a game, though. Uh, they better get a game. And, uh, or else we're going to have a conversation about KD. Uh, the the Warriors Lakers series very interesting. It's, it's like funny how three out of the four series uh, that we have going on, somebody got a win on the other team's floor in Game One, right? So uh, then you have the Warriors made a statement definitely in Game Two. So where do you see this series going from here? Uh, I, I still got the the Lakers in in six. Um, you know, AD another day. Um, just he he just doesn't he just doesn't like playing on even games. I think it's kind of like some voodoo thing he got going on. Um, so he's going to show up in game three and game five. So you just need Brian to to revert back for you know game four or six. Just to to get that that dub for you, just you know, be Brian of old for that one game, and I know it's going to be hard because of you know y'all play every other day. Yeah, man. but just AD take care of those those eye games like you have been, <laughs> and then Brian just just steal one of those because I mean. Game two, I don't think they really did anything wrong. It's just that they the play and then the team just couldn't miss. Outside of like AD just being AD, yeah. but <laughs> like they, they just couldn't miss. We already know that y'all are a team that you know um, thrives off of free throws and, you know, inside the three-point line and you're facing a team that prides themselves from beyond the arc. I mean, when that team is shooting 50% and y'all y'all can't mask that because they weren't getting free throws either. So it's just like you're just out here just getting it rained down on you. So um, I just don't understand how – did you hear what Kendrick Kirkman said about AD? Yeah, yeah, this morning. Yeah, like how do you go from looking like the best player in the world to come back the next game and look like Kendrick Kirkman? <laughs> like I just don't get like it's night and day with him. I I don't know why in a you know in the playoffs where you get breaks you just you just go out there and just get cardio in. How do you get rebounded, out-rebounded by a guy that played 12 minutes? Yes. And who was sick, apparently, reportedly. Sick. That was his – That Kevin Looney about to go sell that jersey and say that's his flu game because he, <laughs> he outplayed AD in half the time, more than half the time, like a, almost a quarter of the time. Yeah, that was pretty bad. I mean, hey, AD top 100 player, right? That's what they voted him, right? Top 100 player all time. Uh, they really put that boy in before a T-Mac. 
They sure did. They put him in before T Mac, Dwight Howard, and Vince Carter. So there you go. And Clay. And Clay. So yeah, there's that. There's that. He, they need to trade him. He gotta go. I I he think gotta go. It's one of those things where LeBron, I know on the inside, this is killing him. Cause he like, bro, like I came out there and ball and I'm 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 damn near 40. Like you can't give me back to back games. I'm not saying, like, I'm out bro, here. This is, this is what I'm doing. Hey, I, I'm calling Dallas. I'm like, listen, I know y'all already got screwed, but y'all might as well just find a way to sell tickets and get screwed again. Let's just do a sign and trade. We take Kyrie, y'all take AD, and we'll go from there. Y'all need some defense and a perimeter, or not a perimeter, but like a, you know, a, a paint protector. Um, you know, AD has offense half the time so let's go ahead and make that make that move we'll take Kyrie off your hand and then y'all can just find some generic big yeah the the thing that worries me like is what worries me most about players is their self-awareness and we just talked about Dylan Brooks lack of self-awareness AD also has some a lack of self-awareness in his last interview after game two and he's because he said, oh, you know, I, I took the same shots I did in game one. I just I just missed them this time. So I don't think it's anything that basically was saying, I don't think I need to do anything different. I think to make the shots. I'm like, first of all, you shot like seven or eight less shots than you did in game one. Uh, second of all, your defensive prowess is not just the offensive game. It's not just about making shots. It's about imposing your will on the defensive side of the ball, which when the when the Lakers are at their best, that's what he's doing, is imposing his will defensively, and he can get you, you know, 20 points just by being in the right place at the right time because he's that good that if he gets his hands on the ball, he can score, alley-oop, putbacks, fadeaway jumper, all that kind of stuff. So it worries me that he wasn't aware enough in that interview to be like, yeah, I need to play better. I need to be more aggressive on offense, and I definitely need to pick up my game on defense because we're getting out-rebounded and too many points are in the paint, and that's how, some of that is happening on my watch. That's what I want to hear from Anthony Davis, okay? And I think that's what LeBron wants to hear from Anthony Davis. So it, it's it's interesting because they're friends. You know, he's not – you know, he doesn't want to make a big scene out of it, but – if you could read LeBron's mind, I know for sure he's like, this is not what I signed up for. Like, I can't, how many times I got to tell you it's your team? How many times I got to put the key in your back for, for you to work? So, Bro, listen, all I'm, if I'm Brian, I'm just like, boy, I'm, we throwing bowls in the locker room after this. I'm not going to embarrass you in front of all these people, but you got to catch these hands. You got to catch these hands. It's, it's just wild. Man. I, don't, I don't understand it. I don't think I've, I've seen – uh, a player at his caliber play like that before. Just like, you know, he's on the court, but he's not on the court. Uh, and then, he's, then he'll turn around the next game look like the best player in the league. So I don't know. I don't know. I, right. That I That's why I'm a little worried about them getting to the finals is because of that. Because you think it's bad now with 
Kavon Looney and Jermichael Green. Wait till the Joker and Aaron Gordon get a hold of you. Then what you going to do? The so. same stuff. Garbage. Garbage. <laughs> so the big thing in this series, though, and I heard I heard some folks talking about this earlier in the week. This this is a primetime matchup. You know, having LeBron and Curry play each other once again. Uh, of course, LeBron in a different uniform this time. Both there are both things for them to gain in in this by winning this series and and moving forward and winning a championship, of course. And there's something for them to lose in this. So, in your opinion, Coach Murph, who has the bigger legacy to gain or lose? It could be two different answers: um, Curry or LeBron. Yeah, I thought about this for a minute, and I kind of flipped back and forth. Um, I, I I went with Steph because this is how I look at it. Um, Bron is going to be win or lose. He's going to always look like, or he's always going to be perceived as the best or second best player of all time. Mm-hmm. Anybody with logic, anybody got lower than that, just don't need to talk basketball. But um, if anything, if Bron loses, I feel as though what's going to kind of like ease some of the the pressures off of him because like, yeah, they'll be like, oh, you're LeBron James. You're supposed to will it. But it's the AD factor because everybody said coming into next year or coming into this year and coming into the playoffs, the only way y'all going to make it to the finals or win the finals, AD has to be the best player on the team. And you see that you know, Braun is trying to relinquish that, not just like, you know, re- relinquish the title of being the best player on the team, but, I mean, his, he's kind of doing it, like his body is just doing it for him. It's like, I can't, you know, I can't come in here and give you, you know, 47, 15, and 12, like, I'm, I'm, but I mean, I can affect the game in other ways, but you know, when it comes to the the stats part of it, I need you to be that guy. Now, in Steph's case, I look at it like this. This is the first time you, you face Bron outside of, you know, outside of 2016, but this is the, the first time where you're, consider the underdog or the teams are even yeah 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 so depending on how you like i will give this slight edge over the lakers because of ad but this is what Bron had to battle every single year outside of 2016 when he faced y'all because the first time he faced y'all kevin love didn't make it because of his shoulder injury and Kyrie got hurt in the first game then the next time y'all played both teams as healthy as draymond missed game five but he just missed a game. It's not like he lost the, for the whole series. Then the next two times you had AD. I mean, you had KD, where people just knew, like, especially when he was pulling up with with Iman and Iman and freaking J.R. Smith and like Tristan Thompson. Yeah. So so like now Steph. 
let, let's see what you can do when, when your back is against the wall and you're you're the underdog. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, right now, Steph is playing, he's playing real well. Um, I wouldn't say he's playing great. Like, you know, granted, he they're older than where they were when they, you know, had these consistent battles, but you know, he's not putting any like in the, it's early in the season, but or in the series, but he's not putting any like got like numbers where like when Brian was by himself, it's like I'm leading not just my team, but everybody that touched the court, I'm leading in points, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks. Like I'm every single category I'm running and this is what I have to do just to ultimately lose because I'm under man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what Steph got in his back pocket is that, you know, it's not like his team is full of scrubs. You're the defending champion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So to me, I feel as though even though Brian would technically be down in the series, if he wins this, he'll, you know, it'll be two, three for Brian. Mm-hmm. I would still hold more weight towards Brian being better than, or, you know, in that series being better than Steph because of the value of those two wins. Okay. Man, this was, when I sent this to y'all, I was like, I don't even know the answer to this. Why am I sending this to them? Because what made me another thing I want to touch on real quick. Because what made me sick was when Stephen A. was on air saying that Bron had like some type of fear uh, of Steph, you know, like a re- like a respectable fear or something. I'm like, bro, and then try to mention like because you know he is one three against Steph and he's a bad, bad man. And over here, like, yeah, he's one and three against Steph, but two of those two of those he had Kate. One of those I had no. I had no Kyrie or no Kevin Love. I had no Kyrie or no uh, Kevin Love. So don't bring that record shit up to me. So I'm I'm gonna go the other way on this one. I'm because I I definitely see your perspective because I thought about that too, and I'm like, you know, yeah, this is a big thing for stuff. Not as big as last year was because I think last year saying, hey, I can. Against a fully healthy squad without Kevin Durant, uh, and he—I don't. So a lot of people put Steph Curry into the top ten, right? Once he did that last year, got his Finals MVP, that catapulted him into a lot of people's top ten of all time. LeBron was already there, you know, in the top two for most people, and I'm going to. And maybe I'm just doing playing devil's advocate here. But I'm going to go LeBron on this one because I don't think no matter what Curry does, he's not going to be compared to the greatest player of all time, or what some people may consider. Like there's there's not going to be a, at least I hope not, a Steph Jordan conversation, um, unless like Steph has to like really, really get more final, get more rings, get more finals MVPs, like all those things have to happen. But LeBron, even for people that have Jordan above LeBron, LeBron is very, very close. Like the gap isn't that big, at least in my, not in my opinion. So I'm looking at it like he could really make an argument for himself to be 
like the greatest ever, even more. Um, and he would still be one shy of MJ as far as rings. But if you look at the total body of work, another championship, another finals MVP, and beating the defending champions is with AD playing like you know, like so that that would that would that would make it look better for him. Uh, and I, I say that because to me, one of the things that I love about the greatest players who have played is their level of dominance. So when you think of Tim Duncan, you think of dominance. And he did it in two different spurts. Um, LeBron has his area of dominance. Now, he hasn't always won them, but he's at least gotten to the finals. That is a part of dominance, at least getting there. Curry is the same thing. So the thing that you can't really say about Jordan is that there was no one that was just as dominant as him. And in LeBron's case, you can say that. Steph Curry has just as much as you do, just as many rings as you do, and has the upper hand in, 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 the, in the series. So, like, I think for this, this will be huge because then Steph will be out the way. Now, for both, they both would have to complete the mission and get a ring. So, like, that just being fair that way. But I think LeBron ha has, has something to lose here and a lot to gain uh, if he's able to get through this series and get a ring at the end. See, I, I think it's the other way around in terms of that. I think he has a lot to gain but little to lose because if he loses this series, I don't think this is really going to get brought up in the argument because one of the biggest things – I mean, I understand, you know, of uh, dominating eras and stuff like that, but let's not forget, you know, LeBron is, is pushing 39 unless Jordan wasn't <laughs> the best player at, at 39. People don't even look at – you know, Bron as the best player right now. So that's why I scratched that theory. And I think in losing this series, people will look at it more so as a Steph Bron thing than a Bron Jordan if LeBron were, were to lose. Because then they'll be like, oh, you know, well, Steph is one and four against Bron and da da da. And it's like that that record doesn't doesn't tell the whole story so I, but of course if bron wins and then wins it all it's just like hey i got five rings i'm one out i probably got two to two to three years left in me to snag another one and then also in going and winning the finals or even just making it to the finals then people will have to look back and be like oh especially the way Miami is looking now is like, we have to validate that what they love to call the bubble ring. Cause it's just like, well, now they show that they didn't just do it in the bubble, but they did it with travel as well. The teams are, you know, of, there's a lot of change, but the main pieces are there. Bam. Of course, heroes hurt, but bam, hero, Jimmy, Braun, AD. Oh, AD was definitely there in the bubble. I don't, yeah. know, I don't know where he at now, but he was in the. He was but, <laughs> well, I told you, he, he only shows up for the odd games. One, <laughs> one, three, five. So I, I think that that's all the benefits that he'll get into, you know, going to the finals and winning it 
five, validate ring four. Um, but if he loses it, they're just going to look at it. One, the way, especially AD putting up stinkers like this, because as much as everybody loves to say, like, oh, Jordan was undefeated or uh, Curry was just as dominant around this era than LeBron, he has the same amount of rings. Scottie Pippen wasn't putting up duds like that in those finals or in those series. That is bad. It's every every great once in a while, like Scotty got that. I, I remember maybe a couple of games, but they were few and far between, to your point. Yeah. And then with Steph, it's out of all the rings he has, remember, he does have one MVP, one finals MVP. So it's like, let's not act like when he made it to the finals, he was killing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I it's so okay to to go closer to your side of things. Now I don't know. It kind of sounds like blasphemy when I heard it, but they're like, all right, well, on Steph, Steph's side of things, he has a lot to gain because I think I don't think it'll be a Steph Jordan conversation, but a Steph Magic conversation as point guards. What would you, if Steph were to go on, win a championship and a finals MVP, would he be the greatest point guard of all time? I I feel like there would be an argument to be made because the thing with the way I look at Steph, like, yes, he's a generational talent. He's one of, or he's the best shooter ever and one of the best, you know, players ever. But we can't deny the fact that he is also a product of a really good team. But you can say the exact same about Magic. I think the one thing that would hold, that would give Magic a slight edge is that you can always go to the series where they thought they were going to be down and out and he played center and took them home. Steph doesn't really have that iconic game. I mean, you could say, you know, game four against the Celtics, but also, I mean, I put the, that loss more so on the the Celtics than Steph because every time, come crunch time, let's give the ball up. That's just how they played the game. Like, you played, a, you know, first-time finals team, a, a young team, or I guess because yeah, they're really not that young, but compared to them, uh, you know, a younger team, inexperienced team, and, you know, you just got the leg, leg up on them. I mean, it's no different than how, you know, Steph took care of business in Sacramento. The the, the experience is what carried them, you know, across the way. And then also, you know, I feel like the DRM Fox finger injury, you know, helped with that. But mm. – that's pretty much the only thing that sets them apart. But if he goes and, you know, has a statement game against, you know, if he runs it back against the Celtics and it's just like, okay, that, that novice ain't there no more. This is their second time there. They knew what it took to get here and they know what it's like to play here. Um, So, you know, against the, the Celtics, he, I would say anybody but the Knicks because the Knicks are are inexperienced. And, yes, the Sixers are too. But when you have household names like Embiid and Harden, it just comes off a little different. 
than right. saying a, a Knicks team with Brunson and Randall and RJ Barrett. Very true. Very true. And then you also have Doc Rivers. So So okay. So let's just say he goes and he completes the mission. Steph gets the championship, gets the finals MVP. He's still he would tie magic in rings, but he would be um one finals MVP short and one regular season MVP short still. Mm. So I'm looking at it like, can we can he really catapult over all of all of that? Like just- he would have to he would have to have a crazy run in the in the finals. Yeah. So in my opinion, if if we're gonna have this conversation. I don't think Steph, and just just my opinion, I don't think Steph could do it, accomplish it this year. But if he he mm. did this year, and he he gets uh, another, you know, some more hardware before he retires, like if he gets another regular season MVP, or if he gets his sixth ring and has three MVP finals. MVP. Honestly, no, I, none of that. I, I'm gonna just nip that in the but none of that's happening. <laughs> none of that's happening. This is it. This is it. This is this it. Is it. This is it. This is yeah. This, this is it. If he doesn't get a ring here, that that MVP stuff is dead. That's not happening ever again. Um, and he, this is his last chance to to win a finals. I don't think that they'll be back because you got to one. We're going to see how valuable Draymond was to the team because I don't see him coming back next year. Um, you know, you're, you really don't have no choice but to put play, uh, pay Clay, uh, which is going to be a steep price. But, I mean, you owe it to him because of what he's done for this team. Um, and you, you're just going to be leaning a lot more on your young guys who right now y'all can't really lean on. Yeah. Like, because they're acting like they haven't been here before when they have. Right. Coming So... And you, y'all just—it took y'all fought tooth and nail to get past Sacramento. You think if y'all face Sacramento again next year, that that's going to be the—and then you know the De'Aaron Fox injury. You really think that that's going to be the same thing? Keegan Murray, who hit the most threes for a rookie in NBA history, but was trash in the playoffs. You think he's going to play like that again? No. Yeah. So I. So I, I guess short answer, if we're going based off that, I would say no, he's not. He, he could be number two, though. Um, yeah, like that's what I'm saying. Like, Magic, I have the slight edge, but if somebody came up to me like, oh, well, I think Steph is I'm like, okay, let's sit down and have a respectable conversation about it. I'm not going to be like, oh, you're crazy. Like, I'm like, I mean, you have an argument, but you let, let I will hear you out. But uh, I'm getting the, the edge to Magic. Yes. So that, yeah. I think that's fair. If he does that, there's at least it's at least worth a conversation for sure. I at least talk to someone for sure, uh, out of respect. Uh, but yeah, so I, I got I got Warriors in seven in that series. Um, you know, Curry hasn't had his his game yet. Um, I think Clay can get give you one more game the series like he did in game two. Uh, so I think that will equate to to them getting it in seven. 
But well, Bron Bron ain't have his his yeah. game yet either. Bron's gonna have a game. That, that's it was. That's why I think it's gonna go seven because Bron's gonna win at, at least one game himself. It was about to be game two if everybody wasn't on the BS. AD. <laughs> AD. <laughs> Too much BS for AD. Uh, gosh. Mm. Uh, our last basketball part here. Um, I wanted to just quickly cover, as y'all know, uh, Bucks fired coach uh, Mike Budenholzer. Uh, and so people have different opinions about that, uh, whether it was warranted or not, and why it happened. Uh, so I I just kind of wanted to talk about it briefly. I will say I think it's very interesting that um, the last three out of four NBA champions no longer have their head coach. Steve Kerr's only one. Still in there, still there. Nick Nurse is gone. Boone Hoser is gone. And Frank Vogel is gone. So it, it, it's 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 kind of weird when you say it like that. But um, Coach Murph, do you think that Bucks fire and Boonehoser, and I know your answer to this, but I just want people to know, uh, was warranted? And if so, why do you think it happened and happened now? It was warranted because the writing was on the wall. He he was a product of a great team. I think the team carried him through that. Like, just having somebody like Giannis and a Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton, like, that that gave him enough to – you don't really need to coach them up. You know, you can set them down, especially when you face somebody as stubborn <laughs> as a – I don't even know. I just drew, drew a blank on the Suns coach name. Monty. Somebody as as stubborn as Monty and allowing Aiden to just sit there and get abused. This is how, this is exactly why I know that Monty doesn't like Aiden because he just allows him. <laughs> I, I don't think he cares about winning. He's just like, hey, you just get out there and you know just just play your best and defend Jokic. Def- play your best and defend Giannis one on one. I think he just likes seeing him get abused like that. But. um but yeah, the, just the you can tell the coaching just wasn't good. The mental lapses, you know, not calling timeout, not putting right personnel out, and it's just like, you know, best record in the league, bounce bounce first round on top of you know having an exit last year against the Celtics when you're up three two. But Middleton was out, right? Middleton wasn't playing. That's where coaching comes in hand. And Middleton was not good this year in the playoffs. He was not. Neither was Brooke Lopez. He had one good game. Brooke Lopez had one good game. I'm just hearing excuses. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying. I'm just. I'm just trying to throw every everything. This is everything that happened. they were coaching errors and they were player errors. Like if you're second and Brooke Lopez isn't the third best player, but maybe like fourth best player on the team. If you only get one solid game between both of those players, and then you have Giannis in and out of the lineup in that series, uh, I can't put most of the weight on the coach. I can't, I could put some of it, but I can't put most of it 
And so I'm wondering because we know Giannis had some something to say about this. Yes. And so I'm just wondering what his what his angle uh was. Listen, my, my thing is like I understand those excuses, but then like okay, he blew that against the Celtics, but then you got even though that they beat the Nets that was undermanned, it took them seven games to take out Durant and a hampered a, a hampered Harden with no Kyrie with a, a coach like Steve Nash. Yeah. So what what are we talking about here? Like, yeah, but th- that shows because it was just greatness versus greatness, Durant versus Giannis. That's what that series was. It wasn't no coaching involved. You didn't you didn't look at that series and just like, whoo, the coaching got it done there. <laughs> cause if cause if they got sent home, boot Bud would have been sent home too after that series as well. Yeah, he probably would have got fired. I, I agree with you for sure. Like they, they was just waiting for an excuse. They already knew what it was. They was, they was just waiting for the inevitable to happen, and it just happened to happen in the first round. So the 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 theory that came out there today was that ownership was afraid that if the coaching doesn't change that. Giannis will not sign an extension, which he is eligible for, I think, in the fall. Mm-hmm. Um, and if he doesn't do that, then I think he would have another year and then he would be a free agent. Um, and so do you think that they were scared of losing Giannis and they're like, well, OK, let's just go ahead and make this change and see if it works and see if we can get someone that he really likes and that can take take us deep deeper into the playoffs. I I think it's um I think it's just more so of preparation that there it's damage control. It's damage control because Middleton and Brooke Lopez are also due for contracts. You can't really pay pay them. So it's just like all right, well, we might lose these players. We already don't think Bud is that that good of a coach. So we're we're supposed to, you know, try to be competitive or show Giannis that we're going to try to be competitive next year without uh by keeping Bud and losing Brook and Middleton. Bud is going to get exposed. Because okay, I see what you're saying. So they were thinking like, well, if we lose players, Bud can't. It's not one of those coaches that could do more with less, like a Tyloo could. Yeah, yeah. And so in that case, then we're definitely not going to see second round of playoffs or third round of playoffs. Yeah, like because what? Because if he doesn't sign the extension and he goes on to play this final year, and you kept Bud, you lost those players. They could make the playoffs. And but like, what do you think Giannis is going to look feel like for you know being a number one, number two seed in the past few years, and then coming in at six, seven, eight, nine, ten? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's yeah. definitely out of there. Definitely, definitely leave after that, or Bud would get fired. 
anyway. That yeah, but yeah, but but that'll be too late because then you're gonna just lose them both because you're gonna be like, well, clearly, clearly we're not good. So now I'm supposed to believe in this team again with a a new coach. Like there's still gonna be growing pains with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nah, I just that's just that's just crazy to think about think about it like that. That you can win a championship going like two years later, like nice. just like that. And and Nick Nurse knew what it was. I don't that something was going on with them players on that team. That wasn't Nick Nurse's fault. There's a reason why on his way out he said good luck. Yeah, I think, and they didn't really set him up for success because they pretty much rented Kawhi Leonard for a year. So yeah. it's not like they had a sustainable team. So you got rid of DeRozan and got Kawhi Leonard, and did they made the most of that year. But then Kawhi was like, "All right, well, this was fun. I'm I'm going head head out to L.A. now. Uh, it, it's been real, y'all. And then you're left with Kyle Lowry and Pascal Siakam. And, and yeah, like I know they they probably was leaning because I know Masai really likes Pascal, and he was expecting like, all right, this is going to be our guy. He'll make that jump. Because remember, they could have kept Kawhi." if they brought along PG, but Masai wasn't trying to trade Pascal to get him there. So, um, I mean, I wouldn't shake my head, really, because you see what happened to the Clippers with them, too. I don't know, but at least they got to the playoffs. Still, but, I mean, they're better, they're better fit for the future than the Clippers are. Outside, I mean, like, the only advantage the Clippers have mm-hmm. is that they have Tyler. And then they have the depth on the team, but like the Raptors have depth too, it's just dysfunctional. Yeah. So, um, and then like you're, you're, I mean, you got a player like OG Ananobi who, like, oh, you're seeking trades, but you don't trade them. That does something to a player. Uh, you got, I mean, you know, people not taking too kindly of, you know, Scotty Barnes and how he was his second year, like as a, as a locker room guy. Um, you know, Pascal was in and out of the lineup dealing with injuries. You just got you make the trade for Jakob Pertle, but you just couldn't get that final push to you know to get in. But it, yeah. I feel like he paid the price for other people's mistakes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it. I I feel as though that that was more so of a mutual agreement than a firing, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think he was just like, bro, I can't deal deal with these guys right now. Because like, so. I think you get to a point in your career where you've been coaching for a long time. And then, no, he hasn't been a head coach for a long time, but he's been coaching yeah. for a long time. And <laughs> you you win a championship, and then, like, you're completely on the other end of things. It's like, bro, like, I, I didn't sign up to be – like not bottom of the barrel team, but like a non-competitive team. Like I worked too hard to get to a point where I don't have a championship caliber roster, and they're not going to. Yeah. So, I, yeah, yeah, it, it pretty much goes to to show that you saw for the past, you know, couple of years is how much is a how much is one ring really worth. Mm-hmm. Like that's what front offices have to to face, um, you know, GMs and them, and thinking like, you know, I know some of them, you know, it just like how we spoke on, you know, Dylan Brooks and you know, just 
understanding everything that's happening around you and what you're doing, it's like, do you really under, like, do you really believe that in getting a rental or overpaying for this player just to get this one ring that you will consistently be competitive moving forward? It goes to show the difference in the NBA and how um, the player mobility and, and empowerment piece has affected decisions. Because I think if this was early 2000s, you know, and definitely 90s and stuff like that, when I was growing up, like these coach, I don't think these coaches would have gotten fired because it's like the players would have less mobility to leave. So there'd be no fear that Giannis was going to leave. Uh, Milwaukee and stuff. It's like, Giannis is going to be here for the long haul and we're going to do our best to build around. We're going to keep, you know, especially if you just won a championship a couple years ago. Uh, So for like this to happen with Nick Nurse and and Frank Vogel and and Bud, I'm just kind of like, I think part of it is um, the, because there's a pros and cons to every, everything that's that's happening. And so when you have a league that's player driven, and there's player mobility, um, the leash ends up shorter on the coaches' side of things. There's less time to actually establish and build a team. So teams go in to say, hey, let's win now, and they'll make these moves uh, and then be a dumpster fire a year or two later. So I think it's interesting. It's crazy. It's crazy. All right, Coach Murph, tell us how we're supposed to spend our money this weekend. We'll get up out of here. Listen, man, we're going to keep it simple. Jimmy Butler. <laughs> Listen, we're just going to do just a single a single game parlay. Heat win. Jimmy Butler over 25 and a half. Bam over eight and a half boards. Go and win you some money, man. <laughs> when in doubt, bet on Jimmy in the playoffs. Always. Always. All right. Well, I hope y'all had as much fun as we did. Bye for Coach Murph. Murph, I'm Coach JP3. Have a blessed and safe weekend and enjoy the playoffs, y'all. Peace. <laughs>